Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Yeah, what's going on, y'all? The Snaps boys are back. We're boots on the ground in Nashville. Um, at the time of recording, we're still working in. I should say, we Aaron is still working in yesterday's episode. Up, he's doing an excellent job. Um, so I don't know when you will see these, but you will see these. Producer and talent on the road. Yeah. Yeah, all consuming some alcohol with T-Bob. Yeah, pay that man extra money, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, call it. I'll take a nice little bonus for SEC Media Days. I appreciate it. The wife's got to get a new car soon, so I don't know if that's the angle. Wife's got to get a new car. Like, you need to sound a little more desperate, maybe, if we're trying to uh, work a raise out of him. Yeah, like, like maybe like something like with your kids need food or something like that. Like, <laughs> like wife, wife's car is like starving or I'm a complete jackass of my money. That's true. I wanna, I wanna like cross my legs but it is so hot <laughs> and my thighs are just slipping like my legs just slipping down <laughs> so i don't think i can uh it's a very sweaty edition of snaps today but the reason why is because aaron's all fucking hot and bothered because it's georgia day here at sec media days um aaron a jarring jarring disparity between how cool Jaden daniels looked and how uncool Carson Beck looks. Explain yourself. 
What do you mean uncool? Of course it wasn't here to look cool or not look cool. So, I mean, what, what, what comparison are you going to send him right now? So, what I'm saying is, am I wrong? Carson has some swag. First off, I've never seen Carson. Carson's tatted up, has some swag. Okay, he does have a bit of inverse swag because he's balding, but like... That was Brock Bowers, you jackass. Oh, oh, you're not being fucking dumb, dude. I'm thinking they brought Carson. That's right, that was Bowers. Oh my god, I'm being dumb as fuck. Um, shit, do we have to start over now? Yes. <laughs> nah, fucking dude, let's just keep rolling. That shit don't matter. Anyway... Rock Bowers, uh, not nearly as cool as Jade Daniels. George today, though, Aaron, uh, what was your what was your biggest takeaway? I have some thoughts on what Kirby had to say, but I know all the Bulldog fans they want to hear from you first. Um, listen, I, I, I you know I had a chance to sit down with Kirby when when you know he came to our serious room when I was doing that gig, and you know you could t- tell that there was some uh, intensity to him because I think he was anticipating this day to go one way. That is, you know, a lot of focus on off the field and on the off. Which I get. There was a lot of off-the-field issues this year, but I think more people kind of as fast as they could geared it towards talking about football, talking about how good this football team is, talking about uh, the coordinators, talking about Carson Beck and what they return on both sides of the football. So I think there was more football discussed than maybe I originally thought would be, yeah. which I think for him is is what he wants to talk about. That's what I see. No one wants to talk about tickets and speeding and obviously the tragedy that occurred back in, in January. Um, they want to start shifting mindset to football, football, football. Um, well, I think you yeah, most of that done today, I would say. Well, it's, it's, it's a little odd, right? There's a few weird dynamics in play right now with Georgia where because everything seems so perfect, any imperfection is going to be highlighted. Yes. But media days are generally about fun and about talking about football and about like, you know, like, for, for whatever it can sometimes maybe come, it's about just like having a good time and previewing the season that we all can't wait for. We're so excited. So I think there's a bit of a, there's a few different forces at play where like the story, ultimately, the speeding tickets and everything, it's a tragedy. Yeah. And, and so no one wants to be kind of harping on that or continually bringing it up. And it's like, and it's, and it's so easy to like, and, and, and then I think what you run the risk of is, and even we talked about it on snaps, this is actually what I felt like, do, what I, like what I was doing and I didn't like it. And it's like, you're almost exploiting um, this imperfection. Like it, it maybe wasn't tied to tragedy, it'd be easier to talk about, but it just, it just, it, it just, it's just sad. It just makes me sad, the entire thing, like all the way around. Yeah. And the kids are speeding and that's bad and they need to figure it out. But I honestly don't think it's like a very good forum to hash it out. No, like like it's not like I, I don't spot the do it. It's, and it's also it's not really like I don't even like talking about it publicly. So I mean we can just move on. I, but, but that's if if you're wondering why we're not like sitting here discussing, I think I think that's why. I think yeah. what they're they're trying their best to stop it. You know, I, I liked the players' answers on it a lot. It's got to be awful to have to answer questions about people that you knew, and it's kind of like. It's just so it's it's so um, kind of calloused or impersonal for these kids to be put in these spots where they got to answer questions like that. And I thought they did a good job. So yeah. whatever, screw that. Let's talk about the football. Um, well, I thought one one interesting thing, yeah, know, that Kirby brought up to me is, you know, because the culture aspect of it's brought up a lot. Like, is it a toxic culture? How's the culture? How's the culture? And he said the culture is great. I mean, look at our staff. The staff is, is, is majority of it is retained besides obviously Munkin leaving to go to the NFL, yeah. which 
I mean, you get a chance to be an OC in the NFL for a team like Baltimore, you're going to take that opportunity. But you return both coordinators, you return return all the position coaches, you return Bobo, who was on staff, who has now been promoted to OC. The culture in Georgia is phenomenal. Like you got you have guys on that staff that played together in the '90s that have, have you know that are back in Athens for their second stint. Coach Searles at offensive line, uh, Brian McClendon as the running back coach, Todd Hartley's there. Like everyone, they've created an environment and a culture of I would say of fun. Like I talk to people inside the staff. Like I talk to uh, to, to Kirby's assistant all the time when I go up to Athens to go to the Butts Mayor, and she's like, "It's like a frat house in here." Between Kirby and Muschamp and Bobo and Searles, and yeah. like all the boys, like, yeah, that's so rare to see. Like, actual coaches who enjoy their company, that are friends, it's a that enjoy to be together for the 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 eighteen hours a day that they're together in the facility, that is rare. No, what could possibly go wrong from hiring your friends? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's, that's like a couple national championships. <laughs> no, okay. It was a couple national championships. Wasn't there for the national? Yeah, he wasn't here. He was. Then we'll see. He was there this year. Oh, what was he a quality control? He assistant? was there though. Um, no, I, I. The boys are together. Then you, you and I, but I'm just saying that's not like a lot. Gavin Swinney hired his boys, and then he had to fire his boy for Garrett Riley. It can go awry. It can go awry. Yeah, but I think all all of the Georgia guys have been to enough places where it's like. Okay, we we've gone, we've explored, we've built our brand, we've learned our respective positions in a different way, and now we that's a fair difference. Now essentially we've come home, so it's not like it's been inbred where you've been taught one thing and that's all you know. You know, Bobo has been the Colorado State, and Muschamp has been a head coach at different places, and term obviously Kirby's been to Alabama and has learned that way. All those guys have now come back to the motherland, and now Georgia's kind of the the powerhouse that it is so okay so i agree so I, I see what you're saying and actually all those guys do sound like boys and it probably is actually i mean whatever like nobody time. nobody wants to go into work and dread going into work yeah. it's the worst it's the worst feeling in the world um as far as the team cultures go i mean we're gonna find out because i i you know kirby is not he, he was very clear today uh it is about fighting complacency yes. that is their enemy does it care about uh, 1p 2p 3p whatever the bottom line is, can he fight complacently? Here's a couple of quotes that he's always said that really stick with me. And one of them was last year when he talked about, you know, we have guys who want to eat off the floor. And I continue to question, and maybe he can, but we've even seen Saban have ups and downs with this in his eras. How do you continue to give four and five stars to, to eat off the floor? How do you continue to get them to want to put in the work and, and have the attitude to not feel like, okay, we've arrived, we don't have to go as hard today. We already beat the hell out of this team. I I don't know. Well, one, 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 one detail I did love is that apparently they went and studied the New Zealand All Blacks, who are uh, an incredible, it, it's a New Zealand national rugby team, incredible uh, rugby uh, uh, national team, and, you know, wins, like, all the World Cups. They, and then what, what was their saying? I had it written down here. Oh, better never rests. And so that's kind of been one of their mantras of the offseason. Better never rests. If you want to get better... Because it doesn't matter how good you are at that point, right? You can always get better. So if you really want to get better, you can't get complacent. Well, I think there's two things that, that you can help fight complacency. Is one, creating competition day in and day out. Like, that's that's something that Georgia prides itself on, on these these good-on-good good periods where you're putting the best versus the best every single day where your job is on the line, essentially. Like, if you don't ball out, Kirby's not afraid to put in the guy behind you that is hungry to get in there. So you create a culture and you create an environment 
where it is, like I said, that good on good ones versus ones, cream rises to the top. If you're not able to compete in practice, we're going to find a guy that can, that's going to get ready for Saturday. So you do that. And then I think these kids understand that they see, and I think part of the reason why Alabama has had that consistency for 15 years, they're seeing these dudes get picked in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. It's not about just having success in these guys' mind. Like, you want to win for your team. I want to ball out for my teammates. I want to ball out for individual awards. I get all that. But I want to ball out for that bag that comes when I get to the NFL. And I'm seeing guys, my boys, who are a year older than me, two years older than me, get picked in the first round and sign NFL deals between 10 to $30 million. That's incentive to me to know that I'm in the spot at Georgia yeah. to go be a first-round draft pick. That's part of Nick Saban's pitch. Yeah, no, that's part of building. Yes. That's, that's, yes. that's so a, is that the point now where he's putting five-plus first-rounders out a year? Yeah, Nick Saban built— Sell that shit. Nick Saban built what I called the perpetual success machine. Yep. Where there was some stat a couple of years ago where it was like if you were a five-star, you were like 40% more likely to be a first-round pick if you went to Alabama. Yep. So it became this idea of, okay, you get the best players because you win championships and put them in the NFL, but then you also keep winning championships and getting the best player and, and putting them in the NFL because you get the best players. So it becomes like a, a kind of cycle that starts to power itself, and that's where Georgia is. Look, you know how I feel. Georgia's going to be great. They're going to be awesome. I still think they're going to fall short of a national championship. I appear to be the only person that thinks that, though, because everyone we talk to, uh, I've talked to a couple of Bulldogs. It's like Tony. Well, I'm Tony Barnard's uh, Bulldog, but you know, he's super incredible rider, Georgia guy. Uh, Benjamin Watson this morning, and um, everybody thinks they're going to get it done. You know, I my my reasons for not thinking so are clear. My reasons are not any of the players that were there today because y'all had a Wait, solid group of three. Have nothing to do with the personnel. Your your reasons have everything to do with complacency. No, 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 no. You no, should no. tell me no, no, no. It has to do with quarterback. It has to do with quarterback. Okay. And 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 Munkin. It has to do with replacing Munkin and Pittet. That's the combination. That's the main thing. That's you the don't trust thing. me that when I tell you that Carson Beck is a first round quarterback, you don't trust me. I think that that hurts my feelings. You never know how somebody's gonna react in a situation until they've been there. You can believe that he's going to make the plays against Ohio State, and maybe he will. But I don't know that you can say that beyond a shadow of a doubt, is what I'm saying. I ain't by that. Because can, Bennett, Bennett's also someone who seemed, to, ra- he seemed yeah. to raise his level of play yep. when it was demanded. Some people are fucking gamers, dude. That I shit exists. I agree. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And Bennett is a gamer. He's a guy that it performs better when the when the lights are the brightest. I get that. And, and yes, we still need to see if Carson can can be that guy that can perform, you know, down by whatever, 11 points to, to Ohio State and, you know, bring him back to win a national championship. I just think the talent around Carson this year is better than what Stetson has had, which will make up for that difference. That makes sense. Stetson didn't have, he had Brock, but now Brock should be better than ever heading into his third year. Yeah. He didn't have the depth at the receiving position. You know, the skill around Carson should make it a lot easier. Uh, yeah, who's the running back that averaged seven yards a carry last year? That's back this year. Uh, we're all oh, watching. Was talking about this why I'm I'm, I'm blanking yeah, on it. It's, it's, oh, it's look, look, the running backs are more running back by so, committee this year. So this is this is the other thing is that you have to understand that when I'm critiquing Georgia, I'm basically critiquing like the statue of David, right? Yeah. Like like it's not that. It's not that it's it's 
and like oh, it, it it stands head and shoulders above you know a ton of other art in the world. Yeah. But still, you have to look at something and see, okay, maybe where does the potential weakness lie? Could, so again, so like yes, it's not personnel related in that yeah, the personnel is going to be as good or better than everybody else in the entire country. But as we look for minor little imperfections, maybe there's one with Beck in the biggest moments. And with the team in the biggest moments, granted, because I don't see them being tested during the regular season. But I, but I don't want to belabor the point. I, I, I beat this horse to death. Nobody agrees with me. That's fine. Um, we'll see. And, and you know what? My argument is flimsy. Because the other part of it is just that, for whatever reason, the three championships just doesn't happen. And it's always weird. You, you, things can look obvious and things can always go awry. You know, you oh, you got to have luck to win a championship. Now, you manage that luck. You create that luck. But it, um, so, so I'll, I'll be the first to say that my house is, like, you can disagree with me and feel really good about disagreeing with me. But I, I'm, I'm not bullshitting you. Like, I do believe what I am saying. I think these small little imperfections are going to be just the, 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 the slight thing that pushes them um, and just falling just short of a championship. I still think they win the SEC. Still think they make the playoff. I just don't know if they lift the trophy at the end again. Even though Kirby told me after the last one, when he well, told the crowd, one, two, and then what he said, he was like three right afterwards. So we going to see anything stand out with the players before we move on to Auburn three and 23. That's the saying. Are we, see, Bob, and I heard yesterday, and, and uh, someone yelled out to me, right, right. 20 for 23 or 3 and 23. See, this is this is this is the best part about actually being able to do this live together. I, I got to see for the first time, I guess I saw it like SCD championships growing up, but the first time in adult life again, I got to see adults barking at one another. And that was uh truly fantastic. These people were so excited to meet Aaron. And like any rational adult does, he started going, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but yeah, 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 they were very pumped to meet you, dude. And three and twenty-three is a good slogan. Um, anything out of the players before you go on Auburn? No, I mean, they all kind of kept it pretty close to chest about this quarterback composition. You know, asking all of them, of look, it who's really stepped up a leader. You know, how's I kept trying to like how's Carson doing it? You know, no one gave me a straight answer. Well, the quarterback competition's doing great, and each guy's gotten better. It's like we all know it's Carson. We all know it's Carson. And you got some good backups, I would say. You know, Brock is probably going to be QB number two, which is just like LSU. Um, maybe yeah. the game experience that Nussmeier has. Nussmeier and Van but I do think a, a very reliable backup quarterback that that has a ton of athleticism that I think the entire staff and football team does feel comfortable. If anything did happen to Carson, uh, Brock could step in there and get ready to go. And, uh, yeah, and then obviously Brock Bowers. Incredible. Rock Bowers, also known as Carson Beck. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Fuck, dude. So why would you listen to anything I say to, you know? Look, guys. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I saw a balding white guy in my head just went to Carson like, Beck. not balding, like, sleeve, leg to okay, okay, can I make a dirty confession? Yeah. I don't know what fucking any player looks like. That's true. We played this on, with LSU's roster yeah. on my show, and I couldn't name anybody. I didn't know what John Emery looked like. I knew what Harold Perkins looked like. Like, bro, they got helmets on. Well, we fucking discussed the fact that, like, only X amount of teams have brought a quarterback, and you were giving me crap because Georgia wasn't one of the teams. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, man, I'm just here to make sexual innuendo jokes and, like, be entertained. You know, that rough night last night. Uh, I actually did have a rough night. I had a fantastic I've kept it. I've kept it very <laughs> chill the first two nights here in Nashville. 
Uh, okay, so Georgia looks great. Kirby was as enthralled. I actually, you know, y'all probably think I'm lying. I love listening to Kirby Smart talk. Yeah. When he was talking to two or three years ago about finding the, the little percentage points, like getting better around the edges this year with the All Blacks research and the better never rests. Like, I see why this man is so successful. It's the same reason why I love listening to Brian Kelly talk. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Auburn front, dude, Hugh Freeze. Uh, Didn't have him back. Yeah, I mean, I like Hugh Freeze here. I, I do too. I feel like I feel like I'm supposed to say I don't like Hugh Freeze and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, my personal, my interpersonal reactions with Hugh Freeze have always been really great. And he's always been really kind to me. Yes. And even going back to, like, Ed Ogeron's Ole Miss football camp back when I was in high school. So, yes, on a personal level, I've always liked Hugh Freeze. Uh, you know what? If somebody's kind of maybe made some mistakes with prostitution, it's the world's oldest profession. I'm not here to judge, you know, do, like, whatever, whatever. The point is, it's 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 been around longer than, like, um, sowing the fields and making food. I guess my hesitance, like, I feel like I'm fumbling over my words because I know I'm not supposed to like him, but I think I do. And I just haven't admitted that publicly that much. But yeah, I like Hugh Freeze. And yeah. he's back at Auburn, and I actually think it's an incredible fit. Yeah. Uh, it's a great fit. I, what do you think Peyton Thorne's going to do this year? I, I, I'm still hesitant to just crown Peyton Thorne the starting quarterback. You think Robbie Ashford could still get it? I, 100%. Peyton Thorne is not, again, you, you, you would have took a guy... I think that's part to do with the fact that, um, you know, really Robbie was the only one because TJ Finley was leaving. Robbie was going to be the only one on the, on the roster with actually playing experience. Like, you needed to get depth. Yeah. And and you don't want to necessarily crown Robbie the starter, so it's nice to bring in some guy that has played a couple of years of, of very competitive football there with Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. But he's, he's yet to take a snap in this offense in front of the coaches. Like, who, what, 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 what tells you that he's going to be able to go in there and impress the coaches enough in three weeks to win this job? Oh, yeah, or are you yeah, just yeah, saying that, that Robbie Ashford just shit the bed so bad during well, the ball that they're willing to give the job to anyone? Like, Peyton has to go earn it. Robbie's been there. He's been through spring at least. He knows the players on the team. Um, I'm sure there's a natural leadership aspect that's already been going on with Robbie from last year. The athleticism I love. I don't want to count Robbie out of this thing before before Payne Thorne puts on an Auburn helmet and actually goes out there and practices. So, I actually, I like Robbie Ashford, uh, and you're right, I shouldn't be doing that. I like Robbie Ashford um, from a intangible standpoint. I, I think he's tenacious. I think he plays super hard. I think he was put in a pretty bad spot by Auburn last year. Yeah. And, and was really thrust onto the main stage. He just looked like he just... He just couldn't really throw the ball. Yeah. Now, 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 maybe that was a part of Brian Hart. Maybe that's a part of like Brian Hart's offense, and then you got Cadillac as the interim, and 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 I trust Hugh Freeze developing a quarterback to a quarterback strengths as well. Like Hugh Freeze is not someone who's going to try to square peg around all the guy. Like yeah. he will he will develop the offense around it. So maybe it is still Robbie Ashford, which I would love because I can continue to say that. But um, what are your expectations well, for Auburn? Been around him too. I think the, the, the biggest issue with Auburn this past couple of years. I mean. Even going back to when Bo Nix was the quarterback is, you know, Bo, I thought, played great. You know what I feel about Bo Nix, especially his time there at Auburn late in his career. But there hasn't been a lot of support around these quarterbacks. There has not been elite receiver play. There has been average offensive line play. They've had some really good running backs. But, you know, other than that, it's been a, you know, quarterback has to cheese. Party fell over. It's an empty beer. Uh, the wind is picking up, by the way. There's like 80 mile an hour wind okay. coming as we are uh, filming this episode. So, I mean, I, I've talked to uh, a fan of the show, Cole Cubic, a couple of times about this, and, and, and he's let us know like he is 
improved almost every position on that roster through the transfer portal. Yeah. They've been, I think, the number four by 24-7 and number four team when it comes to bringing in guys through the portal. So they're a good team. They're over the 50% blue chip ratio too, Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Like We think Auburn's like in the shit right now. They're one of how many teams that are over 50% of the blue chip ratio? 20? Uh, no, it's like 17 or 16 or something. It's not that many. It's not even 20. Between 50 and 20. Yeah. Well, no, it's not actually 20, though. It's closer to 15. Closer to 15. Whatever. So, like, they got dudes on the roster. And now you can't believe they let you do a Now you have. I said, you can't do point, Jack. So, they got players, and now you got a coach that's had success in this league. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Auburn has a chance to be a competitor to win the West, but, I mean, they were 5-7 and seven last year with an awful roster, a roster that's improved, a better coaching staff. There's no reason this team shouldn't compete for 7-8 wins. I like him fourth. I do, too. I like two. LSU-Alabama. I don't know who's going to finish. I'll choose LSU, but, like, LSU-Alabama LSU, at the top, A&M, and then Auburn. Miss, I think Ole Miss would be four before Auburn for me. Oh, actually, I, actually come out. You're, I think in my Ro, uh, Roman Roy video the other night, I think I actually went Ole Miss more than Auburn five. Yeah. Um, but the point is, I don't care about Auburn this year. Auburn gets a free pass this year. Yes. What I'm more interested is, is Hugh Freeze seems to be the perfect fit there, and he seems to have created um, alignment. I know that word is overused now, but like, Auburn is a place where we've seen it over the past uh, half decade here. It can be incredibly toxic. Yeah, A lot of cooks in the kitchen, boosters getting over-involved, just a lot of forces kind of going over the coach's head. I feel like there's a belief in freeze that has um, really lent itself to kind of everybody starting to row in the right direction. And if you do that at Auburn, we've seen the potential. Oh, yeah. And the crazy thing about Auburn is they have faith. Like they have legitimate belief. When they should not, they do. How do they have so much NIL money? How do they have such a good transfer class? Why would anybody want to go there? They literally live in the shadow of Alabama, and yet they're like, you know how like cockroaches survive a nuclear war? That's Auburn. Yeah. You just can't kill them. They just keep coming. And every now and then the stars align, and they get ultra powerful. And I feel like maybe Hugh Freeze the guy to get them there. Definitely, like, I mean, it, it's a... We use the guy... Not just because we've seen the, I mean, even like I remember during my time at Georgia, like they won a natty, then they were shit for two yeah. years. Yeah, where they were. Yeah. And then they were back in the national championship. The the next year, like that, that there's never been real consistency, or at least for a lot, quite some time at Auburn. It's it's up and down, up and down. I think Hughes, a guy that can create that consistency, can get this team to winning, you know, nine plus games, competing it for for SEC championships, competing to get to the playoffs. Every single year. Like, I think the school can do that. They've just never had a coach that can do it at a consistent clip. But see, but this is the problem. There's only so much oxygen in the room. There is always so much oxygen. If Kirby's going to be good, if Saban's going to be good, yeah, if Kelly's going to be good. Gonna be uh, yeah, but... <sighs> now, that would be crazy to think about. Auburn being consistently better than Bama for like five to six years. I mean, it's happened in the past. It's just yeah. been so long. Uh, but then also, like, you know, is Lane good? Well, then what's left over for Lane? What's left over for A&M? Like, there's only so many wins to go around here. Yeah. I mean, we were going, like, the, the, the big thing, and, and as we transition a little bit to Mississippi State, but a lot of people have Mississippi State as the last team in the SEC. Yeah, that's well, where I landed. Which is crazy because they're not a bad football team. 
But that just shows you how good the SEC West is. Bro, they got third in the West last year. But they, just, they beat Ole Miss to break their, crazy. so they both finished four and four, but they got the tiebreaker Ole Miss. They were third place to LSU and Alabama in the West last year. And now they're everyone's, you know, you know, last pick at SEC West, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's saying that, that Mississippi is a bad team. It's just saying that the SEC West is, it's loaded well, this year. Yes, and Mississippi State is just dealing with coaching different. Its own unfortunate circumstances. I mean, uh, tragic. But still, even if even if, if, if no, if Leach was there, they would not be picked finish last. Would they not? Where would you have them then? They would still be. I'd have them ahead of Ole Miss. I wouldn't. With Will Rogers returning, no. I just feel like the problem they run into now is well, no, I would because they did it last year and went four and four. Like I would have to, I would have to force myself to. I get what you're saying because Lane Dart looks like he's going to be good, Junkins, but. No, at the end of the day, I'd probably have Mississippi in the middle pack. But the problem is, they're struck with tragedy. So they already are kind of forced into an awful situation. Then they hire a guy that we don't know if he's a good head coach or not. Yeah. And you're talking about not just going from a legendary coach, now someone who's ever done it before, but going from someone who philosophically ran something different than anybody else in the entire country it now what are you going to be and how does that because it's weird there's no way you should be picked to finish last if you're coming on a four and four season and you have your quarterback returning that's been started for three years no I, i'm with you I, I think you know i talked to new eyes about this this morning we we're kind of trying to debate this a little bit like what's going to be the harder transition receivers running back and a quarterback having to transition from a a, a air raid offense to more of a pro style offense or an offensive line that has been used to just enough the, yeah the offensive lineman an offensive line that has been in pass protection for 90% of the time over the past I mean, four years. In theory, it shouldn't be that bad because run blocking is easier than pass blocking. Now, I, in their new system, when they go to pass the ball, what I'd be more concerned about is what's the time? Well, yeah, what's the time when Will Rogers is getting that ball out of his hand? Because generally in the air raid, a lot of times Rodgers are protecting himself. Like there were times when Mississippi State's O-Lion would be getting their ass beat, yep. but it didn't matter because the ball was coming out. Well, you know the big difference too? You're not going to get drop bait every time now. Yeah. I mean, the, the offensive line last yes, year yes, was, yes, yes. was getting two double teams, maybe three double teams yeah. running back stayed in every single time. I mean, there's a three down rush with eight guys dropping the coverage to drop to stop the air raid. Now all of a sudden, benefit to Will Rodgers... You get to go against defenses that aren't always doing drop eight, but from an offensive line standpoint, now you're going to get more four down. Now you're going to get more blitzing. So that's a big difference from having to face a, like I said, three-man front for for majority of the season, too. That's uh, that's completely fair. So the problem with Mississippi State is that I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. And so ignorance breeds distrust which breeds a lack of expectation, yeah. right? Like, I like Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Um, I like Lane at Ole Miss with Dark coming back. I like all these other teams because I know them more. So, I, I you know, I, I actually have a special affinity for Mississippi State. I really like that fan base. I think I just, I don't know why. I don't have any great reason. I've always liked them. Um, I would love for them to prove me wrong and be more frisky than I would think. Big top I mean, look at me. Dude. I know, I'm into farming, country music. God, Hugh Freeze. It's all the same. Well, I guess I'm going to miss are. Uh, but, okay, you seem, you seem like you don't want to talk about Clark Lee and Vanderbilt. What's up? Dude? No, I was just about dude. to make the transition and to say we're the Bears, bro. The, the hometown city of the Commodores, we got to show them some love. If, Nick Philly, you're going to come down here. You're going to figure out how Vanderbilt plays football. You ever seen that video? Oh, man, okay. I got to show you that afterwards. But uh, we're in the home of Vanderbilt. 
Clark Lee announced today extended through 2029. Um, I love Clark Lee. Uh, going from two and ten winless in the SEC to five and seven uh, with Kentucky uh, beating Florida. I mean, you think of Florida? They finished two and six in the SEC last year. Yep, almost getting bowl eligible. That's a big jump. Now, as he talked about today, um, he wants to acknowledge the improvement, but he doesn't necessarily like how much they're being celebrated for five and seven because a lot of people do kind of view this as the maybe the potential ceiling. But if you look at Vandy, they've got over seven. Hundred million dollars of construction projects going on right now. They are three hundred million for sport for football. Yes, alone, and then seven hundred million total. Right, so they're investing in sports. Look around; you can't see it. Everywhere we look, there's hammering, <laughs> cranes, welding. So, like Nashville is exploding. Yep. There's huge investments in sports, and Vandy does represent something unique, where you're not going to find a better education in the entire SEC. So they, the Clark Lee is trying to, and he'll never be able to reach the heights that the baseball program has on uh, Tim Corbin and the Vandy boys, but he's trying to emulate uh, uh, a, a, a portion of that, right? Yes. Vandy can be better than they have been. They don't have to be absolutely hapless, and now they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is, trying to figure it out. And I like Clark Lee as that guy to get them there, a very cerebral coach himself. Well, a guy that's been there, played there, that loves Vanderbilt, uh, just gave him a contract extension. So, like, they're investing in him. They're investing in the facilities. They need to invest in a better game day experience. Like they need to do it. They're doing that. They need to do a better job of getting into the community in Vanderbilt and letting the people of the city know this is your team. Yeah. Because it is it and you will never be able to sell a four star player or even a three star player who goes to a game in Vanderbilt and sees eighty percent of the stage all the other stage. filled yeah. with the other team. Why the hell is a four-star guy would I want to go there? Like, you need to find a way to incentivize, get your ass in the community, and sell Vanderbilt football that this is your team, Nashville. Well, that's where Clark Along with obviously the Titans, this is your team. We need you. Because that's, to me, that's the missing piece right now. You add academics, you're going to have facilities, you're going to have the coach. I know academics is a two-edged sword here because it does hurt you a little bit with some administration stuff, but... You can still get top guys that can figure out the academic stuff. You need to improve the entire game day experience for players and for fans to to show people that that to show the players that fans actually give a shit about the football program. You can academics do not become a negative. No, I tell you, you're trying to positive. compete until you're trying to compete like at the top, top, top level. Like look at Notre Dame, look at Stanford when they've been good. Look at like Vanderbilt. So academics, yeah, they can be sold as a positive to a point. Yeah. Then it maybe becomes prohibitive. They're not there yet. I think that Clark Lee, that's on him to be able to get the community buy in. A football college football is about the head coach. Why do I not know any of the players and how they look? Because they change every year. You know who doesn't? The head coach. It is that guiding philosophy, that guiding kind of uh, leadership. That ends up determining how a program goes. And I again, I likely, and as far as the stadium game day experience, um, they're reworking the stadium. I think it's going to be down like 30,000 people this year. But when all the construction's done, it's going to be a tight 34,000, premium seating, Good. a lot of nice amenities. So that's a smart focus for Randwell. We don't need to try to do 90,000, 70,000 at that, dude. 
we need something that's going to be like, it needs oh, a, I, I want to go to the game. Yes, it needs, yes. It needs, it's yes. a really cool soccer scene. But like a nice one, you know, good seats. I want yes. seat bags. Yeah, yes. I want to get good food, beer. You're in Nashville. You can get good fucking food and beer. Yes. Live music. It Have needs, a beer garden. Like, you can do that. Invite invite the damn country music stars. Maybe yeah. Turn this into like, you know, when Stoop Dogs at USC. Like, this needs to be country music stars at the game performing or on the sidelines. This is the cool spot to be. Well, Saturday afternoon. We went to the National Sounds yesterday. Shut up, Sounds. We got to do a little batting practice. And not to brag, but the Snaps boys probably did second and third best besides Darinoka. Aaron was second. I'd say I came in third in terms of overall contact, hit 95, no problem. Um, but we were talking to the guy. The Sounds is a local minor league team here. And he was saying that some nights, like, the stadium will be empty, but they have this little bar out there where they have, like, music and everything. It'll be packed, like... You can do something similar, only the stadium won't be empty because it's football. Yep. And people love football over minor league baseball. So I think I think I think I think Vandy's on the right track. That said, I think they finished seventh in the East. Yeah. I think they go bowling though. You think they get the six to six? I think I think they, they, they got a pretty they got a they got a great start to the season, man. They got a but 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 they but they're kind of challenging themselves out of conference. I mean they got Hawaii, they got uh Wake Forest, but I guess it's a post Sam Hartman Wake Forest. Yeah. Uh, they should go three one four to start the season up. Then they get, I think they get Missouri at home. They think they possibly get Kentucky at home too. Uh, they they can find two more wins on that schedule. One thing I'll say about the Vandy boys too is that they can at least play free, where they don't have a ton of expectation. But like Kentucky playing Vanderbilt, they can't lose again. No. Billy Napier playing Vanderbilt, yeah. they can't lose again, dude. That's how you get fired. So, like, Vandy represents, like, this just kind of insidious sort of walking trap game that all these other mid-level SEC East schools have to be afraid of because, like, you could lose your job yep. if you fuck it up and let it be you. 100%. Good day, too, though. Uh, good day, too. Yes. For a second, I mistook Brock Bowers or Carson Beck. Um, it does not change the fact that Brock Bowers has negative swag levels. Uh, well, actually, though, I, well... And maybe it actually, it's kind of weird. It's almost like a double negative where it becomes a positive because if you saw him, he looked so much like, like just a, like a, like a, like a late twenties insurance salesman yep. that his level of athleticism actually boggles the mind. There's no way that a guy that is that bald or that normal looking should be as incredibly athletic as he is. Be a top 10 NFL pick and maybe the greatest <laughs> tight end in the past two decades. Maybe, maybe the greatest college tight end of all time. That is insanity. And you're uh, still looking at him. Uh, He's not like a big imposing dude either. No. Like, you know, put some normal street clothes on him and just have him walking around. Well, he had a normal shoot on today and he just looked like a kid. Yeah, you know, like, he's like 6'4, 230. Like, it's a good sized guy, but he's not like. Well, the problem is he's standing next to Van Preen and, uh, and, and what's his name? And he just didn't look. Um, not swaggy. Nearly as imposing. No. Um, shout out Georgia them. We'll see what happens, man. Shout out day two SEC meetings live in Nashville. Um, might do a little concert tonight or something. I don't know when y'all are gonna see this, uh, but we'll we'll get it to you eventually. And we'll be back with more snaps later in the week. Later, y'all. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.